Welcome to the Stone Conversation podcast, covering everything to do with buying, selling and investing in real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just wanting to start out, Stone Conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we are chatting with Mike Mortlock. Mike is one of the founders, along with Marty Sadler, of MCG Quantity Surveyors. Mike is an industry leader in tax depreciation. And you may ask, what is that? But we're about to find out. Mike has worked as an expert in depreciation um, with large, many firms from McDonald's to Canberra Airport, Hilton Hotels and Stockland and many more. Mike's regularly been featured on the Australian, in the Financial Review, therealestate.com, the Australian Property Investor. So Mike is armed with a lot of knowledge which should be very beneficial to all you listeners out there today that like to know a bit more how to get the most out of your tax deductions. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Peter. It's a pleasure. So, Mike, um, we have all sorts of listeners tuning in today, and which is relevant for your business because not only do you do, let's say, like myself, mum and dad investors, depreciations for investment properties, but you also do large-scale depreciation. And we'll talk a bit more about that as we go. But yes. maybe for our listeners to kick off, why don't we talk a bit about your business, what it is exactly you do, and the scope of what you offer. Yeah, sure. Well, our, our business is called MCG Quantity Surveyors, and, and so we are quantity surveyors, and you know you can go your whole life without thinking about a quantity surveyor. We're sort of one of those professions that work in the background, but what we are is construction cost estimating specialists. We're the best people to say how much something costs to build, and if you think about where that information might be useful, an architect might like to know how much it's going to cost to build something that they've beautifully designed. A developer might like to know how much they can uh, borrow for a, for a property and they need to know the construction cost to get that off the ground. So we do lots of feasibility work there as well. We do work for insurance and, of course, tax depreciation, which is my personal specialty for mum and dad investors, as you say, and you know things like wineries and hotels and retail and all sorts of different weird, wonderful things. So, Mike, why don't we kick off with tax appreciation for the average investor? Um, and I, and I, it's interesting when I speak to people, not everyone has always gone and got a depreciation schedule. Um, mm. Either they weren't aware of it or they've only just owned one, probably never thought about it. So do you want to talk us through that? And there's a couple of different categories which your website outlines beautifully, so everyone should go to your website. And let's talk about the different allowances and there's two different categories. Do you want to fill us in a bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to tax depreciation, it's an allowance for the wear and tear within an income-producing asset. So we estimate the construction cost of the building and the fixtures and fittings inside, and they're really the two categories. So we've got Division 43, which is really the building structure, all the hard components like the concrete slab, the timber frame, the roof, and then the plant and equipment, which is going to be things like carpets and blinds and ovens and cooktops and hot water systems. So there's all sorts of rules around what qualifies and when, but the basics of it is we look at those two components, we calculate the value, and then the tax office gives us basically a statutory percentage that they decline in value each year, and that's what gives you the tax deduction. So at the end of the day, a depreciation schedule is just a report to say, in whatever particular financial year, these are the deductions that you can claim on that property. So let's give somebody an idea. And I think you've got some great examples again 
from a, an average three-bedroom house. Do you want to give some guys like maximum minimums? Because we talk about yeah. the lifespan of a property, what was it, about 20 years or something, I think? 25, or no, yeah, 25 40. or 40, wasn't it? 40 is really the maximum effective life of, of a house, according to the tax office. So if we talk about a brand new building, it's going to be a mix of building structure and plant and equipment. If it's a $300,000 construction cost, let's say, you might see 270 to 280 worth of building structure and the remainder being plant and equipment items. So a, a, a brand new three-bedroom house, you might be seeing somewhere around the ten dollars or $11,000 worth of deductions. And what that effectively means is that if you are, let's say, on $100,000 for easy math, you're paying about $24,000 a year in tax. Now, if you have $11,000 worth of tax deductions in a particular year, in the eyes of the tax office, you're actually earning $89,000. So you can see how it reduces your income. And the tax that you pay on $89,000 as opposed to $100 is closer to $20,000 than $24,000. So it's really $4,000 back in your pocket in that hypothetical scenario. And that's either another investment probably to go towards or it's a lovely holiday. Now, yeah. I think, and this is so important, Mike, people just don't realise this and why it's so important for people to, as we always, or should I jump back, we always saying in our world we can guide people but we are representing the vendor. We're here to get the best price when you're selling your house. So they need to speak to people like yourself to guide them on, on their tax deductions and also speak to their financial planners and so on work out, understand the investment category in and what is all the allowable tax deductions they can get because they don't teach you this at school, do they, Mike? They don't, no. And unfortunately, our data is showing that 6.7% of investors that eventually find us and come through our doors are actually missing out on depreciation deductions. And to put that a bit of context around that, you can back claim two financial years. So we're actually talking about people that waited more than those two years and the average deductions that they're losing is 20537 So that could be seven or $8,000 gone from their pocket. Now, a journalist who, you know, of course, journalists love these clickbaity articles, helped us to extrapolate our findings over the property investor population. And it comes to $2.88 billion worth of lost deductions floating around out there in the ether. So Certainly, it's something that property investors still don't understand. And the result of not claiming your deductions just means it's harder for you to hold on to that property. Unfortunately, some people might be in a position where they're forced to sell or they're not getting that sort of forced ATO holiday with the, the tax check back, as you mentioned before. Yeah, and it's and that's massive. Certainly, overhold, if you're holding a property for a minimum of 10 years, it, it, you know, 10 years is a lot of dollars back in your pocket, which can really affect... Again, if you are looking for another investment or your savings there. Now, some of the things too within your business, and just and again, if anyone's listening, I'll just quickly give you the website. It's mcgqs, so that's mcgqs.com.au. I certainly recommend you jump on there. There's a lot of articles by Mike. There's a lot of explanations how it all works. It's a, it's a wonderful site to go to. So I would recommend that. It's, even if you're a seasoned property investor, and you've owned a few properties, and I wouldn't say I'm seasoned, but I've owned a few in my life. Um, I'm still learning things by going to your website, Mike, and it's, and it's also refreshing me and reminding oh, that's right, I must remember to do that next time. Um, sorry, Mike, go on. That's, well, I was just going to say, it's very kind of you to say, Peter, we, we certainly put a, 
a big focus on the education side of things. And, and me being a, a data nerd such as I am, I'm always interested in telling the stories and, and, and analysing the data to see where the trends are and what's happening. And that's where we get those sort of misdeduction stats from. So we're always happy to share that sort of stuff. Now, I was also noticing, Mike, is, is this correct? You have a set fee for uh, up to a $10 million house. Is that correct? So what um, what you might be referring to there is our replacement cost estimate for insurance purposes. So we have a flat fee of $600 plus GST for all properties up to $10 million. Now that's a service that we are pretty passionate about because there's a real epidemic of, of under insurance and my business partner, Marty, is our cost planning expert and he does a lot of work in that space. So yeah, we have a flat fee to make sure that people are getting their, their properties insured so that they're not out of pocket if there was a disaster to happen. On the residential sort of tax depreciation side of things, our standard fee is $650 plus GST and then with commercial and bigger properties, it's a case-by-case basis. And, very, and, and when you're looking at what your deductions could be over a, a period of time, it's, it's very cheap. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can be. Should I, I mean, not tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's fine. I mean, I, yeah. I'd, I'd love, I'd love a percentage of the returns that we get from yeah. people because you know we might be uh, chatting from my super yacht at the moment, Peter. But no, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. We we sort of price our, our fees for commercial stuff based on the work that we do rather than what the deductions they get back because we've done um, we've done forty million dollar car parks, which were very very simple jobs for us, and you know we charged I think eighteen hundred dollars for for that particular one but you know hotels that might be half the price the, the fee would be a lot higher than that so it comes down to yeah you know, the time that it takes to to get something done but when it comes to the value proposition it either provides value or we don't do it that's really part of the onboarding that we do with the client we say what have you bought when was it built have you made any improvements and if we can't see that the the, the result of it is going to give more money back than what it costs we will just say, look, we don't recommend going ahead. So as a thing to sell, it's a pretty good product, right? Because it's giving you more than what it's ever going to cost. And obviously, if you're, it's an investment property, it's tax deductible, your fees as your accountant fees and everything would be for the property. So it's a very important thing exactly. coming off your price. Now, I noticed you've also got a bit of a guarantee, um, something around there that uh, doubling, if we can't double the fees or something that you pay in depreciation or something in the first four years. Do you want to yeah, talk Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of depreciation firms that talk about the double of fee guarantee. I mean, we, we, we sort of have that as a rough guide, but really we're just, our, our sort of pitch is more like if we don't think the deductions are as, as we'd hoped, you know, chat to your accountant and say, should I pay X amount to get Y amount of deductions? Now, that's not uh, as pretty to, to fit on a, brochure, on a brochure, but we just want to make sure that there's clear value to the client. So, yeah, that we're never going to charge for something that's not beneficial to the client. There's, there's so many investors out there that have worthwhile deductions. Most people do. So we want to work with those and, and provide real value. And you touched on a thing there. We mentioned the accountant, and it does remind me, and I've had a couple of different accountants in my life, and... They don't always automatically come back and say, can I have a depreciation schedule for that property? There has been mm. a few times in my life I've had to say, do you want my depreciation schedule when you do this for this investment property? So it's a thing to remind your accountants if they forget. Obviously, they get very busy sometimes. They may miss things. Um, and this is so, so essential and amazing for investors that they do miss this. But again, we're not taught this when we come out and buy our first investment property, all the ways we can... Um, 
save our tax. Now, what? Well, I guess it's a it's a, a wide range here, but obviously we will get sometimes people come to us and they're looking at a property and it may be ten years old, twenty years old, or we're not or we're not sure. How do you? try to work out that appreciation? Is it based on you have to estimate or, or come up with the year that the property was built to work out how many years is left or do you need depreciation schedule that they may have done? Yeah, look, the way that we estimate the depreciation deduction is based on a cost to build today, which is indexed back to when it was actually built. So, of course, you can only sort of claim the construction cost value as at the time that it was built. So we need to know when it was built. So we utilise a number of online platforms to find that information. So local councils are normally the custodians of you know, the, a record of the construction certificate or the occupancy certificate, which really tells you when the property was built. They'll often have the records of prior improvements as well, which can, can uh, attract appreciation deductions. So that's part of our due diligence on whether we're recommending a schedule or not. And yeah, of course, we'll, we'll need to see whether it's worthwhile. But to give you an idea, a 10-year-old property, there's a, there's a cutoff date for being able to claim depreciation on the original structure of the building. And that's the 16th of September, 1987. So anything built after 1987 is automatically worthwhile, really. We don't need to know much more about the property. And if it's built prior to 87, what you would only be able to claim deductions on is improvements. So I came up with sort of three triggers to tell you whether you need a schedule. One is you buy a brand new property. Two is you buy a property built after 87. And three, if you don't match one or two, the property is older, but it's been renovated. And if it's had around forty dollars or $50,000 or more spent on it, then it's likely worthwhile for deductions. So that could be a kitchen and bathroom renovation. It could be an extension Unfortunately, 40, 50 grand in renovations doesn't actually go that far. So a lot of people will have deductions, even if their property was built in the 1930s, say. So this is, these are the things, my, my fellow listeners, if this is sinking in or sounds a little confusing, <laughs> we're realising how important it is to have a quantity surveyor. Um, the things we could be missing out on is, is just so essential, which brings me to my next question, Mike, or next topic with you. Insurance replacement costs. So many of us... Mm. And even my parents, when they were alive, was I asked them one day how much your house insured for, and I think at the time they said, "Oh, one hundred eighty thousand. It was worth about I don't know one and a half. <laughs> the replacement yeah. cost would have had to have been three fifty for the building. Um, now I know yeah. there's a big thing, so maybe we'll talk a bit about what you do there. You you do um, insurance replacement cost plans. Do you want to yeah. explain a bit more about that? Yeah, we do. And, and and on the residential side of things, most people don't see the value in paying, say, $600 to get a replacement cost estimate done, which, which I understand. Uh, however, the construction cost calculators out there that a lot of people uh, really rely on and the insurance companies themselves, we, we've, we've done some analysis on construction projects where we were involved in the estimate. So we had all the architectural and structural and engineering drawings. So we knew to within the dollar how much it would cost. We plugged that same property into the calculators and the variance was really, really out there, right? So if you're, if you're over-insured, in a way that you're covered, but you're likely paying a higher premium. So that's potentially unnecessary. But most people are underinsured, And I think there's, 
a problem with the basic understanding of what a replacement cost estimate should include. I mean, you might look at your house and then see an ad for a new master and home say and think, oh, it's better than my place and it costs 300 grand, so I'll insure for that. But a replacement cost estimate needs to factor in the, the cost of things like demolition. So if your property has a, a, has a, a fire or a flood, it might need to be completely removed from site. You've got tendering periods and cost es escalations and it might be built too close to the boundary to pass uh, the requirements such as they are at the moment. So all of these things need to be factored into a replacement cost estimate and unfortunately, most people are exposed and we've seen some heartbreaking stories with the with the bushfires and things like that. And I, look, I think, and I can't stress this enough to people listening, make sure you really know what you should be insured for. And if you've been in a property for a long while, like my parents were, they tend not to think about it. They think, oh, yeah, that, that's cheap. I'll just pay that policy or, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's worth that. And, and if you, in my case... I'm in real estate, so we all sort of sort of have an idea what's going on in the market every day, don't we? Yeah. So we know yeah. where values are, but a lot of people that may not sell once every ten years, or once every twenty, they're not keeping up with it as much as us real estate agents think they all know what's going on and they all notice us and see what we're selling. <laughs> they're actually mm. not taking notice and they're not seeing what sometimes the prices of the property are, and they're leaving, as you said, leaving sort of exposed. So I can't stress this enough. Again, fellow listeners, this is really important. So you should be engaging uh, people like Mike to help you on this journey because if something did happen, your house was damaged in a fire or a storm or collapsed, you don't want to be underinsured because how do you rebuild it? This would be That would be a tragedy. So, Mike, just a couple of the other things I just like. I know you do a lot of um, individual investment properties but you also do some very large work. Do you want to talk us through a little bit of that? Because I never know who's listening to the show and I'd <laughs> like to give them a, a fuller understanding of some of the bigger projects you do. Yeah, look, anything that's an income-producing asset is entitled to have depreciation deductions claimed on it. So some of the bigger things that we do fairly regularly are, are farms and wineries. If you think of a, a winery, for example, it's got a lot of plant and equipment items there. There would be things like tractors and ATVs as part of the maintenance and chemical spraying assets. You've also got irrigation and water filtration, not to mention the bottling line and all sorts of plant and equipment that's part of that. We also do uh, big ret retirement village projects and hotels. We did uh, the Hilton Hotel in Surface Paradise and the Marriott there as well. And these are, you know, these are these are big, big buildings. Um, so we do. Projects of those types, all different sorts of things, you know, lots of work for, for companies like McDonald's and warehouses, offices, retail, restaurants, really anything that you can think of. The weirdest thing I've ever been involved in was a trout farm. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of filtration and pumps and things that go with, with assets like that. So, yeah, it's a pretty broad scope. And you know, I've also noticed too, you, you do progress building claims. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So when a, when a, a bank is approached by a developer to, let's say, build six townhouses. They don't say, you know, here's $6 million, you know, go your hardest, because those people tend to go to non-extraditional countries and buy a Ferrari sometimes. Um, so what we do is we estimate the actual cost of the development. So that sort of makes sure that the, the bank understands what the real cost is rather than the developer saying what they think it will be. And then the banks release 
the, the funds based on milestones. So the money isn't provided all the way up front. Normally the developer has to put their component of the loan in first and then the bank sort of wants to know, all right, well, at this stage, they've finished the ground floor slab. So in our estimate, it's X amount of dollars. So our report would say, well, we would recommend the release of that amount of dollars. So that way, the the construction is, is kept on budget uh, and, and it's our job to make sure that things are tracking along well and the, and the bank always knows what the, the cost to complete would be because sometimes happen things happen in, in construction where, where builders, uh, they'll go into liquidation and aren't able to finish. It's our job to sort of protect the interests of the financier in, in that situation. So, Mike... How do people get in touch? You've got your website, and I guess that's the best way to get in touch with you. Um, I know yeah, that you've absolutely. got requests to quote, quote um, and, and I guess it's really important that people just aren't, I mean, you sound really, like really good value, but you're also, I'm sure, not the cheapest, and you don't want to look for the cheapest in this industry, do you? You want to make sure you're getting detailed quotes. So maybe can you talk us a little bit through that? Why would someone come to you? Yeah, look, I think our, our real point of difference is that we're, we're really technicians, right? It's, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but tax depreciation has been my life for the longest time. I wanted to be a fighter pilot and uh, didn't quite That's get there, difference. so tax depreciation, yeah, that, that, that was option. I think we all wanted to be right? fighter pilots when we were young. Actually, I think I did, and ah. I became a chef before real estate, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. We aimed for the stars and we hit uh, tumors. That's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, um, we're very, very passionate about what we do. We, 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 we really see ourselves as a part of the property investor's journey. And if you're buying an investment property, it's probably the biggest financial decision you're ever going to make. And it's a hard road to get there and only 10% of Australians are property investors. So we take our role in, in that very, very seriously. Our job is to tailor the report specific to the particular client. So it's really important that we put a lot of effort into into getting the best result that we can. Yeah, we're not um, we're not the cheapest. We're not we're also not the most expensive. But there's certainly, in, like in any industry, ways for people to cut corners. In in our industry, there's a lot of quantity surveyors that are suggesting that they can do the work without going and doing a physical site inspection because they're familiar with the type of property or they've been in the same development in a different unit five years ago or something like that. And that's something that we really kind of want to stand apart from because in certain circumstances, it's worth paying more to get a better result. When we're talking about the deductions, it could be the difference of $10,000 over your period of ownership. So yeah, we're always going to provide the best quality product we can, no matter what the cost of that would be. Well, I think if people have a look at your website, there's a lot of great information. I think they'll be very impressed. And I think that will... If they haven't already got a depreciation schedule, you need to ring MCG surveyors. It's that simple, everyone. It's quite simple. <laughs> uh, um, but it's so essential, and I think part of today's talk, Mike, and I appreciate you coming on, is just about sharing um, knowledge with people that they may already know all about this. They may not, or, or it may just jog the memory and go, oh, has that particular investment of mine got you know, a QS report? I need to look mm. at that. So this is what our channel's about. It's talking about property because we believe it's a great medium to add wealth, hopefully through the lifetime of your property and, you know, subject to you buying well and the areas you're buying. Um, and I always encourage people to make sure you have the right experts. And I would think quantity surveyors are one of those experts. 
you need to have on your team, you know, with your accountant and your financial planner or a property buyer's agent if you need that. You need to get professionals that deal with this around you every day. Um, certainly if you're selling, talk to Stone because we will get you a great price and, and our guys really care. But at the other end, when you're buying it, you want to make sure that you've got all the right reports in place as well. So thank you so much, Mike, for your time and thank you all listeners for tuning in again. Look forward to speaking with you soon. Cheers, Peter. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for joining us on the Stone Real Estate Conversation podcast. Make sure you visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information on buying, selling and investing in real estate. Bye for now.